Welcome to episode four of these extraordinary episodes of the Corona Bloody Virus. Joe Williams is a poet and a writer, and his most recent book is called An Otley Run, which was inspired by the ages-old student tradition of getting dressed up in fancy dress and drinking your way through Leeds. Joe tells me about how lots of events can now be participated with online, and about his virtual literary pub quiz that's coming up called A Farewell to Arms, being hosted on Facebook on Saturday the 30th of May. Have a listen. Welcome to Light on Leeds. This is the Corona Bloody Virus episode 4 extraordinary episode featuring Joe Williams. Joe, thank you for remotely coming along. Hello, thanks for having me. So, Joe, you are a poet and a writer. That's right. And how long have you been doing that? Um, well, I've always written bits and pieces, really. My background uh, for many years was more in music. I was a professional composer and producer, and I didn't really kind of start getting into writing seriously until uh, 2015, so it's not that long ago, really. And what did you start writing? Well, I started writing uh, poetry. I started because I just got an idea in my head that I was going to write a haiku every day. Okay. And I just put it on my Facebook. And then um, after I'd been doing that for a while, I saw a poster in a pub in the Chemic in Woodhouse, if anyone knows that, for uh, their monthly open mic poetry night. And I thought... Hmm, maybe I should go along to that. And I did, and I've been back just about every month since then and got really sucked into the poetry thing. Oh, excellent. And so the book that you've had out most recently is called An Otley Run. That's right, yeah. And can you tell me a bit about that? So The Otley Run, um, if people don't know, is a very famous pub crawl in Leeds. It goes down from Woody's in Far Headingley, uh, normally down to the Dry Dock and just out the city, outside the city centre. There's a few variations along the way. And I have always lived kind of around Headingley um, for the last 20-odd years that I've been in Leeds. So I've seen a lot of people doing the Otley Run, and normally they're all dressed up in uh, fancy dress costumes. So when I go out to the shops, I normally see uh, the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> or the Spice Girls, things like that. So I decided to... Um, to write about these people, I was wondering what their what their story was, because, you know, you might see them just for a few seconds on the street or uh, in the pub for an hour or so before they move on. So you don't get to see what happens for the rest of their day. So I thought I'd uh, create a kind of a, a fictional tale of a, a day spent doing the Otley Run. And have you done the Otley Run yourself? I did it properly many years ago when I was a student, when it was a lot easier because a lot of the pubs that they go to now didn't exist then. And we used to finish in the old bar at the Students' Union, which uh, made things a lot easier. The modern version, I've done bits of it, but I've never attempted the, the whole thing for a long, long time. And did you enjoy writing the book? Did you speak to any of the people who've been on it previously, or is it like a fictional tale? The, the tale itself is fictional, but the way I did it is um, it's uh, a verse novella, is what I've called it. So the way it's structured... There's a poem for each of the pubs as we go along, and there's two main characters who uh, are the, the narrators for the most part. So I wrote the original drafts of each of those poems in the pubs that they're set in. Oh, and although I wasn't kind of really writing a real story, I did take some of the 
real details, um, kind of notes about people I saw and things that happened. And did have, I did have a chat to a few people who were doing the audio run and people who work in the pubs as well for some kind of extra little ideas and info. So uh, extensive research it was. I had to spend <laughs> a lot of time in the pubs on the Otley Run just for research purposes. Yeah, because of course you would have to try the beer at each of those pubs, I imagine. Well, um, you wouldn't really be getting into the spirit of it if you didn't have a drink in there <laughs> as well, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't. It's always great to see all the students dressed up. I think the best ones I've seen were, I saw some lads um, just before the lockdown dressed up as whoopee cushions. That was right. really good. It was like homemade whoopee cushions, was it? No, I don't. I, they must have got them from. They must have got them from some sort of shop because they were amazing. Well, they? they were just like they had like the big, huge, uh, sort of circular shape with their faces sticking out of it, and right. they just like tights on underneath. I thought that was a really good one. I can imagine it. Yeah, that sounds good. And I've seen some lads stood outside um, the library pub dressed up as jockeys with um, sort of fake horses on. Right. They were amazing. I, jockeys is quite a popular one, although that, that you don't normally see the horses as well. No, not normally. Um, so, when you were writing um, an Otley run, did you find about when you were doing your research, did you find anything surprising? Um, I don't think so, really. Not Nothing I'd really call dis- surprising, because um, I've seen so much of it kind of over the years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always some costumes and things that are surprising that pop up. Um, although... It was more that when I was kind of started thinking about it and what it's all about, um, it kind of, me, kind of led me to think about things I hadn't thought about before. For starters, just how bloody weird the whole thing is. Mm-hmm. It's like no one else does this. There's, there's plenty <laughs> of pub crawls all over the place, but you don't normally see people in fancy dress and and the sheer number of people doing it, you know, because there's hundreds and hundreds of them yeah. um, on a Saturday certainly in other days as well you know you get people doing them on Tuesday nights I suppose I was quite surprised by the number of people I, I realised were doing them on like a Tuesday night and stuff like that yeah but it's, yeah just the madness of it when you think about it it's ridiculous it is have you got any idea at all how it began in the first place well um, the the name The Otley Run comes from uh, back in the day when uh, the licensing laws were much tighter and market towns would be allowed to open all, the pubs could open all day on market day so people would go to Otley on market day so they could have an all day session in the pubs there ah. and then kind of uh, so a lot of people would go from Leeds to Otley and then do that and then come back so the Otley run was kind of that trip to Otley to do the pub crawl and that kind of morphed into um, what it is now it's the Otley road rather than actually Otley itself um, and there was there was an old pub crawl called the Headley Mile, which was um, a pub crawl doing all the Tetley pubs around Headley, mm-hmm. which was pretty much all of them back then, because uh, most of the pubs in Leeds used to be Tetley pubs as as recently as the nineties. Um, so that's kind of it's a bit of a mix of those two things kind of crammed together has formed the the modern Notley Run. <laughs> um, so I can detect from your accent. That you sound like you haven't always lived in Leeds. No, I grew up in the northeast. Um, my family live in a town called Hexham in Northumberland, and um, I came to Leeds in 1992 to go to university. And I'm one of those people who's done that and never gone back. Uh, well, I'm pretty similar to you. I'm from County Durham, but I'm from Stanley in County Durham. 
Right. I've sort of moved down the country through Yorkshire until I eventually got to Leeds, and then, same as you, I've just never left. You, you decided this is the place to stop? Yeah, I think I felt like Leeds adopted me. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds about right to me as well. It's um, The big thing for me as well was just living in the city. I wouldn't want to go and live for, back in a quite a small town now. No, I'm the same, yeah. I like the I like the hustle and bustle. I like how much stuff is going on here. Yeah. Although it's all different now, of course, right yeah. now. Not so much hustling and bustling these days. No, I feel uh, um, this is one of the very few times when I kind of wish I didn't live in a city, really, because I, I feel, you know, when I do go out and I feel like things are too busy, it's like you can't, mm. you can't find the space to go on your daily walk without kind of feeling worried about having too many people around, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so it's strange, difficult. yeah. Um, I mean, I've never in my life felt anxious about going to the shop. No. But um, currently I, I do get anxious about it because you, you're going out, you're worried about how many people are going to be in there, about you keeping your own safe space and whether other people are going to be doing the same. Yeah, absolutely. I did it uh, just this morning. I had to go um, to Sainsbury's and it's just ridiculous in there. It's um, impossible, basically, to keep your distance at all. So it's and still crazy some people in the supermarkets? Are... And it's certainly in uh, in Headley it is. Um, some people are trying harder than others, let's say, to uh, keep their distance. Uh, but then those who are trying really hard, it's just made impossible because there's just too many people in there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've been to I haven't been to a supermarket for like three weeks because when when I've seen all the pictures on Facebook and things, I've just thought, oh, that just looks like a nightmare to me. Yeah, if, if only it was easier to avoid them, but. Uh, you can't, can't seem to get a delivery at all or anything. So, um, well, I've not been getting deliveries from big supermarkets, but I've been getting them from. Um, there's a great greengrocers in the market that I've been getting stuff from. Right. On Facebook, they're called Your Greengrocer Leads. Ah, uh, this is a good tip. Yeah, and they are fantastic, and they do like a big veg box. I mean, I'm on I'm on my own, so a sixteen ninety five veg box has lasted me like two weeks. <coughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this is the way to do it then. Yeah, go more independent. Yeah, and then also um, Bennett's Butchers in the marketplace. You can just ring them up and tell them whatever it is that you want. Um, I think they're struggling a little bit for delivery slots, but because I'm on my own and I'm I'm doing okay, I can afford to wait a little bit. So I think yeah. I ordered about five days ago and they're coming tomorrow, so that's good. Oh, that's not too bad, yeah. And then I'm really lucky because our local shop, Casa, is fantastic and just has most things that you would need. The only difficulty is... I live in Beeston and people here don't really like obeying the rules. Um, <laughs> so I got up really early this morning, like seven o'clock in the morning to go to the shop and just get milk and cat food and things like that. And it was absolutely empty, which was brilliant. All good. But yeah, I think it is more difficult for people. Um, so a lot of the events and things that you had planned for the next couple of months, have they been cancelled or put on hold? Yeah, um, that's quite a few things that I was expecting to go to have already been and gone. The entire Huddersfield Literature Festival was cancelled, which should have been happening that, yeah. right now. Yeah, I was supposed to be going to a book launch last weekend, an anthology launch that that was supposed to be doing. So yeah, that's all gone. But it's, it's um really good that a lot of stuff seems to be moving online now. Yeah. So just this week I've done what three different open mic nights. Oh, excellent. Um, and not only one of the, well, two of the regular ones that I go to in Leeds have both gone online this week, but also I, I went, virtually speaking, to one in Wales the other day. Oh, brilliant. Which you wouldn't normally be able to do. And there was one in Liverpool as well. Oh, so I'm excellent. really kind of, I'm taking this opportunity to um, 
kind of go virtually go to places that I wouldn't normally be able to get to and meet new people and hear their work and all this kind of stuff. It's really quite fun and keeping me sane, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that is uh, that is great because there's lots of um, there's all sorts of theatre productions that you can look at online now, um, and all sorts of people have got gigs and things that you could go to. I think I think that's one sort of good positive thing that's coming out of it all. It's making us all sort of maybe expanding us a little bit because we're having to go that little bit further. Yeah, it's making people think of think of different ways of doing things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is good, and I think people it's making people think more about um accessibility as well yeah. um which is a kind of something that's been forced on us but of course some people have to think about that all the time yeah so exactly. you know hopefully we'll be able to um kind of use this experience to think more about that sort of thing in the future and maybe there will be more online events even when we're allowed to freely go about our business yeah let's hope so um, and so you were telling me a little bit earlier about the Northern Short Story Festival. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that's one of the things we've got coming up. Um, May the 30th, it's a Saturday, um, the Northern Short Story Festival this year has decided to go online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a few weeks away, but we don't know where we're going to be at by the end of May. So we thought, um, or SJ Bradley, who's really the one who's put it all together, thought um should do it all online so that it's uh kind of safe can safely go ahead whatever happens so there's a whole day of events there's three i think workshops during the day and then in the evening um, we're going to be doing a virtual pub quiz so i'm going to be the the host and quiz master there Excellent. i'm going to be welcoming people to my virtual pub the farewell to arms <laughs> and we're going to be having a, a literary themed pub quiz that sounds excellent. It's took you quite a while to compile all of that. I'm still in the middle of compiling it, uh, uh, and is doing some as well. So, yeah, we're gradually putting it all together. Well, we kind of roughly know how we're going to work it. We're going to try and make it as much like a, a pub quiz as possible so people will be working in teams and that sort of thing. You do need to bring your own beer, though. I can't help <laughs> you with that. That's the only thing that the virtual pub can't um, deliver on. Exactly, yeah, but it does mean that you can sort yourself out and it be a lot cheaper. Um, probably than uh, than going to the real pub. Yeah, probably. That sounds like a great lot of fun. I'll, I'm going to try and uh, make sure I remember that and get signed up for it. Great. All the details are online if you want to search for the Northern Short Story Festival or there's um, a Facebook event for it. And I think it's on Leeds Inspired as well. So check it all out there. Oh, brilliant. Um, so you've lived in Leeds for a long, long time. What sort of changes have you seen in the city since you first came? Um, it's. I think when I first came to Leeds it was still it was a kind of an up-and-coming place but it was still kind of being developed and there was still some kind of very uh sort of rundown areas particularly around the city centre that have since been um kind of uh redeveloped a lot and like around the um riverside area for example south bank of the river where it's all changed completely since then um so see you know massive changes around the city center and then a bit further out of town as well and then it's the big student expansions made a big difference as well for me kind of where i live i was i I guess kind of the beginning of that because when i came to university in the 90s it was a very kind of cool and popular place for -hmm. students and that carried on for a while and it's that that really made it grow into what it is today 
So I guess those are the the main kind of changes that I've seen mm-hmm. because of where I live. And so are you in Headingley, did you say? I live in Headingley, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really great as well. It seems to me that in Headingley you get quite a lot of um, businesses and things that are obviously students who've um, finished their degree and then carried on in the city. Yeah, quite a bit of that. Um, some of them last longer than others, but there's always people people trying to do things like that. And um, it's a really cool place to be, really, around Headingley. It's, uh, you know, I've lived sort of not necessarily in Headingley, but not far away for pretty much all the time that I've lived in Leeds and it's always a nice place to be. There's so much going on and um, all the nice kind of pubs and restaurants and things. It's mm-hmm. really cool. I bet this must be the quietest term you've ever known. Well, yeah, I mean, it's completely different now, of course. Uh, and I work at, uh, at Leeds Beckett as well and, of course, that's all completely shut down mm-hmm. um, and we're all working from home, so... The uh, not even uh, getting to be on campus, never mind uh, seeing the, what would normally be a quite a kind of thriving, busy campus. Mm. Yeah, I work at the University of Leeds Medical School. So right. I'm in exactly the same position. Yeah. Yeah, it's very odd. Isn't it? Yeah, and it's um, it's just trying to work out how the logistics are all going to work about getting people past and what's going to happen when we go back, when will we go back. Yeah, it's all a little bit up in the air at the minute. Yeah, well, no one really knows what's what's uh, going to happen in the next kind of few months, really, do they? So it's hard to say, but people seem to be trying to kind of work hard to make sure people can uh, at least complete their courses and things and don't miss out too much. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so how have you personally been finding the whole lockdown situation? Um. I found it, to begin with, really kind of just difficult, just the isolation of it. it just kind of felt like it was driving me slightly mad. And then so when we started doing the online events and things, and I was kind of discovering Zoom for the first time, as a lot of people are, mm-hmm. that made me feel a lot better about it because I can you know, connect with people both through the events and I've had a couple of things with friends as well and family, just kind of social gatherings as it were so although we are all locked in our houses things like that help to make it uh, feel as if we aren't for a little while so that's really helped me to cope yeah i think um i mean it's i'm just so grateful that that this happened during a time when we've got the internet i was saying exactly the same thing uh when i uh, ran into my neighbor and we shouted each other from a safe distance <laughs> this morning um that i don't know what i would do if um, if I didn't have that uh, that means of contact mm-hmm. with everyone, but then you know I can't remember how we arranged to go for a night out in 1995 and get <laughs> everyone in the same place at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know it's hard to remember like life before the internet in any form. Yeah, you're right. I think never mind think about what would it be what would it be like in this situation. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, um, can you have you got any hints and tips that you could give anybody about coping during this time? Um, I think if you haven't kind of thought about those making those online connections, and um, if I, I was a bit when people first started talking about doing events and stuff on Zoom and what have you, I was a bit skeptical about it and how it would work. So if other people are in the same situation, I would say embrace it, check it out you know download all the software and stuff because it really is helping me and if um, if you're reluctant to do that or if you think you won't understand the technology you know it's really quite simple 
I've found. And I'd really encourage people to do that because it does help a lot for me, at least. Yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. My, me and my um, sisters and nieces all had to go on that house party app last week. That right. was quite good fun. I haven't tried that one yet, but I've seen a few, quite a few people talking about it. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite good fun. Um, and then my niece and I, last, uh, was it last night or the night before, decided we'd try and do play Scrabble over Messenger, but we'd absolutely not thought it through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> about where to put, you know, what are we going to do about the tiles? How are we going to work this out? Um, so eventually we just um, went for Trivial Pursuit instead, which was a lot easier. Right, yeah, that sounds a lot simpler. I, I tried a, a games night with uh, some of my family because um, normally when we get together physically, that's kind of one of the things we like to do is play board games and things. Yeah. Uh, so we were trying to do it um, as best we could. There was, uh, it was it's all right if as long as the, when you've got those three different houses in this one, it's all right if everyone's got the same game, uh-huh. or for some of them anyway. I guess Scott yeah. wouldn't work still, but. Uh, then you've got other things. There was, I'd like to play a game called Articulate. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. Which, it's a great game, but I don't have it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, they had the board and questions and everything there. And I I was I was answering questions, but I couldn't ask them because I don't have a box of questions with me. So we found <laughs> we found ways of making it sort of work, though. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, I think it's making everybody much more creative. Yeah, well, you have to be to kind of um, get around these things. And if they don't work, they don't work. Yeah, exactly. You just try something else. Exactly. I really like um, I really like all the silly um, videos and stuff that you see on Facebook of just um, like crazy things that people have been doing while they're on lockdown. I think some of those are just hilarious. Yes, I've seen some funny ones recently. Yeah. <laughs> what do you hope would be uh, your hopes for the future when we finally come out of all of this? Um, well, I've already talked about kind of people finding new ways of doing things, which I think is really positive, and I think you know, more widely, more globally, I hope, um, realising kind of how fragile things are, how, you know, one thing can just change the world entirely. Mm-hmm. I hope it will make people think more about kind of what what we're doing with the world and society and, you know, maybe more people will come to realise or to think about, you know, the things that I believe that society being built on commerce and capitalism and consumerism Mm -hmm. isn't the best way of doing things and maybe we should think about this a bit more you know yeah i agree i think um it's been very strange seeing a conservative government come out with social policies (coughs) yeah it's like it's i see it as a kind of admission that the way that they've always done things is not the best way and whether you call it socialism or some, you know, more um, socially progressive policies, mm-hmm. certainly genuinely is a better way of, ma- of making things work. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I'm going to mention it again. I think that the idea that different jobs have different values and then when you think about, you know, all the refuse workers and the delivery drivers and... Um, people who work in supermarkets and who are stacking shelves and working on the counters and stuff. I think a lot of those jobs have been maybe traditionally seen as not as valuable and actually yeah. realising that those jobs are extremely valuable in a situation like this. Yeah, I mean, they're the people who make things work. And, you know, not just now, they always have been. Mm-hmm. And remembering as well that um, a lot of uh, a lot of those people are 
the immigrants who've come from Europe who yeah. who nationally were saying shouldn't be coming anymore. Mm. And that's a big mistake. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, um, just, I mean, I think that in general, the public value the NHS, but the current government has not been particularly supportive or helpful. And it seems like they're having to do a little bit of a turnabout. I mean, I don't know if it'll last, but at, at currently it seems like they're getting it. Yeah, well, I mean, we would have been in a lot better position to start with um, than we have been had there not been so many cuts to the NHS budget mm-hmm. uh, and other things, local government budgets, all that kind of stuff over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. that's. I think that's undeniable that that's the case. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I always ask guests um, three particular questions for like on Leeds. The first one being, what would you say is something that is great about Leeds? Um, it's really for me it's just the amount of stuff that's going on culturally and socially and um, just a vast array of kind of different places to go to and for me the poetry events and literature events um, are obviously the the main thing that I'm kind of focused on and used to be music gigs as well there's so much of that stuff going on Um, for poetry and literature in my experience there's no better city for it Mm. Um, you know, there's in the northeast. There's quite a good poetry scene, but we don't have any anywhere near the amount of events and people going to those events um, that they do in Leeds. Uh, similarly, in the northwest, there's quite a lot of stuff going around on around sort of Greater Manchester, but it's much more scattered. Mm. I think that's one of the advantages of Leeds is it's a although it's a very populated city, it's very um, compact. Yeah in the sort of within the ring road sort of area particularly where uh, most things are going on but then with the uh, the advantage of being able to easily get out into the country as well yeah I totally agree and what would you say is something that is not so great about the city um well at times like these <laughs> all of those <laughs> things are uh, become a disadvantage don't they but uh the people keep using the word unprecedented which is true yeah um I'd, I don't Ordinarily, I don't really find there's there's much to not to like about Leeds. I suppose there's the uh, the difficulties of any city for bad air quality and pollution and things like that. Yeah, but hopefully those things are going to improve. I mean, I, well, I feel like the air's just sitting in Beeston. I feel like the air's cleaner already. Yes, I agree. Um, just you know, going around um, the streets, you can see immediately that the amount of traffic is obviously. Um, massively decreased uh, I normally see a lot of planes going uh, up in front of my window on their way to the airport and mm. obviously there's far fewer of those at the moment and it's, it's, it's just makes things feel nicely peaceful doesn't yeah, it? Yeah it does yeah yeah. and what would you, if somebody was a long term resident of Leeds um, would you be able to tell them about something that is a hidden gem that they may never have heard of um, I like uh, just kind of exploring places and I like to go kind of urban walking and just wander around to places I've never been to. So um, I would kind of really encourage people just to do that in general and find things. If uh, a couple of places that are near me, which are really nice for a walk, are uh, Woodhouse Ridge, 
which is really near to me here. Um, lovely kind of, uh, it's almost wilderness, really, although it was originally a kind of Victorian park. Um, but there's, it's just a really nice place to, to go. Don't go now, though, because there's far too many people there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I went just the other day for the first time for a while. I thought, I'll go and have a walk around the ridge. And it was just, because the paths are quite narrow there, it's not, it's not a really a kind of big open field sort of space. Right. It's all very much focused on the paths, and it's as much as people tried, it's just too difficult to to get around everyone. But it's normally it's a lovely place to be. And then if you go over the road from there, over Meanwood Road, um, round the back of the Meanwood Valley Urban Farm, yeah, there's a place there which I, probably most people don't know called Sugarwell Hill. I don't think I've heard of that. No. It's. I only discovered it um, two or three years ago, really. Uh, it's just a lovely. It's more of a kind of meadow sort of area, really nice open space, and you can walk through there up towards Chapel Allen and Chapel Town. Um, and there's like horses wandering around. I don't know whose horses they are or why they're there, <laughs> but there's always a couple of horses kind of tied up on long ropes, so they're really just kind of wandering around the field. And that's quite nice. And when you get up, because it goes up a, uh, quite a steep hill, and then when you get near the top of it, there's great views over Meanwood Valley and over to the city centre. And in the summer particularly, it's a really lovely place to be. Oh, well, when we're all free and easy again, I'll have to go and check that out. Yeah, please do. So on um, every episode, Joe, I ask, I usually ask the guest if they're no Leeds-based um, artist or band, in case they do. Um, and for this episode you provided a track that was by a band that you were in yourself yeah that's right um i used to well i do still quite go to quite a lot of music gigs and things now but back in the day sort of around what 2005 2010 that sort of time i was really quite uh deeply involved in the local music scene gig scene when there was there was really a lot going on in leeds then for music there isn't so much now there's not so many venues yeah. kind of putting on regular local gigs and as there was back then when you could go to any night of the week you could choose three or four different gigs to go to so they, that they was, those were really fun times and yeah i used to play in a band called the resplendence then it's a great name it's uh, i can't take credit for the name so i will agree it is a great name i didn't come up with it <laughs> uh and yeah that was a really fun band an eight-piece band so it was eight absolute piece? chaos trying to get everything organised. Yeah, trying to get eight musicians in the same place at the same time. It could be hard to get one musician in the right place. Right, yeah. It's one of <laughs> one of life's greatest challenges is trying to do that. So, yeah, I thought uh, it would be nice to, to revisit um, an old track of ours uh, that we put out in single in 2008, I think, something like that. And what would you describe the style of the band? Well... We kind of we call ourselves a soul band to begin with, but I think when when you say that, a lot of people will be instantly kind of drawn to thinking that we were like the commitments or something like that, which is not the case at all. Because we did all original material, or mostly original material for starters, um, and we were really kind of drawn on influences from people like Dexys Midnight Runners, uh, who kind of took those kind of old R&B and soul influences and created something more their own from those influences and that's what we did as well or tried to do um, and I think we mostly pulled it off 
And did you all write together or did, did different members of the band write different tracks? Yeah, we always used to just kind of jam a lot and ideas would come from there or um, someone would come in, uh, normally a guitar player, Seb, would uh, come in with the, the chord sequence or something that he'd come up with and uh, Alex, the singer, used to write the lyrics for the most part as well. But then we'd kind of work out the arrangements just from jamming together and work out the structure of the songs and how one thing was going to flow into another and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was quite a collaborative effort. And what did you do in the band? I played piano. Ah, oh, lovely. And do you still do play a lot of piano now? I don't really know. I've uh, been a long time, really, since I've been involved as a, a performer in music. Uh, kind of have a little uh, a tinkle on the ivories now and then, as they mm-hmm. say. And just recently, actually, I've been getting more into um, doing more, not necessarily music, but sound stuff and working with sound uh, and poetry together. Oh, wow. So I think that's something I'm just kind of starting to experiment with it at the moment, but I think that's something I'm going to do more of in the future um, and kind of get more back into, well, I need to try and remember how it all works when, from uh, when I used to be a producer. It's uh, gone out of my head a little bit because I'm uh, out of practice, but I've, uh, it's started to, to come back a bit and I'm trying to get uh, get the skills back in my head again. What's the perfect time to uh, revisit all those skills, isn't it? Well, yeah, it could be. It's uh, I've got a, a lot of other stuff going on. I've got no, no shortage of things to do at the moment, mm-hmm. um, despite being locked in the house. But yes, it's a good time to do things that uh, don't rely on me going out and about to open mics. And um, what will you be doing for the rest of your day today? That's a good question. Um, I don't know i haven't really thought about it very much i'm going to try and have a quite a relaxing weekend i think and just chill out and read some books and uh, that sort of stuff because i feel like i've been working far too hard the last couple of weeks well i think everybody deserves a break i think so um so joe where can people find out about your work uh you can find out lots of stuff online there's my website joewilliams.co.uk and there's also a special website for Anotly Run, the book, which is anotlyrun.com. And you can find me on Facebook as Joe Williams, writer, poet, performer, and on Twitter as Joe Williams, poet. And I've got a YouTube channel, which I can't remember the name of because I hardly ever use it. <laughs> well, I'll put lots of notes in the podcast notes so that people can click straight through and find all your stuff. Great. Thank you so much for coming along, Joe. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for supplying the track Quicksand. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye for now. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Joe, and I will certainly be attending his virtual literary pub quiz. It's combining two of my favourite things, after all, trivia and literature. Joe chose the track this week, Quicksand, and it's by his old band, The Resplendence, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Take care of each other, Leeds. Bye-bye. Start a curse your name when I shine.